This is episode 77, Meditation and Connection with God, with Brooke Snow. Welcome to Becoming, a podcast for teens and young adults, where together we are becoming more than we are and who we were always meant to be. We are your hosts, Tawny Beardall and Erica Peterson. Each episode will feature different topics to enhance your growth, help you see the world differently, and discover who you really want to become. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to Becoming Today. We are still going strong in our four areas to improve your personal growth series, and we have an incredible interview for you today that pertains to the spiritual category. But first, I wanted to tell a little backstory as to how this interview came about. One day, I just woke up with such a strong impression that I needed to study and learn more about meditation and mindfulness. I honestly knew nothing more than what I had seen portrayed in movies and having my yoga instructor after class just have a sit in silence and meditate for a moment. But I really never understood what that meant exactly. What was I supposed to be thinking and what did this mean? What am I supposed to be doing exactly? Long story short, this impression just sent me on a quest to learn more, and I felt like God just helped me discover this amazing meditation course that answered all of my questions and more, and it really solidified to me why I felt so pulled to incorporate meditation in my life, and it's been an amazing gift to me and to Erica as well. We talk about it all the time. So I'm sure you guys can only imagine how thrilled I am to be interviewing Brooke Snow, who is the creator of this course that we did. It's just a dream come true. Welcome to Becoming Today, Brooke. Yay, thank you. I'm happy to be here. (laughs) We're so excited to have you here. Let's start with the very basics for people who are starting at ground zero just like we did. So are mindfulness and meditation the same thing? Can you explain what meditation is? I think they're really closely related. In fact, I would say that mindfulness is part of meditation. Mindfulness, in the way that I understand it, is being able to be present and to be aware, like really noticing the things around us. If you're in a conversation with somebody, like truly being there. If you're outside, you're able to notice the trees and notice the birds that are singing and notice the sun and how it falls behind the leaves and creates this beautiful light. Like that's mindfulness to me is just awareness and noticing. And we live in such a distracted world, especially with our phones and we're plugged in that we can actually not be mindful at all. And so mindfulness is a really great way to begin to practice being more present in our bodies, present with our family, present in whatever engagement we're involved in in that moment, whatever activity we're involved in. And then beyond that, we would talk about meditation. And to me, meditation is the actual practice of being mindful. And also for me, meditation is the practice of connecting both with God and also with my true identity. And those two things together right there so that I can create better in my life. And we don't necessarily practice meditation to get better at meditation. We practice meditation to get better at life. I love that so much, Brooke. And it's been, like I said, a huge blessing in my life learning these little things. But can you maybe explain to someone who hasn't had the experience of your course and understanding more about meditation, what is it really look like? What does that mean? What do you do? What do you think about? How do you really focus in on what meditation is? Yeah. If anyone has a practice of personal prayer, 
that's a really fabulous place to start. Prayer and meditation are very similar, although I would say that meditation to me is maybe a higher form of prayer. And I think it's really easy, especially in our culture, and we learn how to pray. Like we learn the the outline. We learn the, I, I call it the flip chart because as a missionary, we would teach it on a flip chart. In our prayers, it can be really easy to do all the talking. Yes. We can just, we talk to God, we tell him all the things that we want, and then we finish and we're done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I remember one of the quotes that really changed prayer for me was, a quote by Soren Kierkegaard. He was a Danish philosopher in the 19th century. And he said, at first a man prayed and he thought that prayer was talking until he became more and more quiet and learned that prayer is listening. And that quote totally changed my life. Like I realized in hearing that, I'm like, prayer is all about talking and I do all of the talking myself. (laughs) And I recently I told this uh, example to a neighbor of mine and he kind of chuckled. He said that he'd been on a walk with his grandson and his grandson's three years old and they walked down the road and his grandson talked and talked and talked and talked the whole time. And then they turned around and they walked all the way back to the house and his grandson talked and talked and talked and talked the whole time. (laughs) And he said, I never got to say one thing. <laughs> you know, he expressed how much he loved his grandson. He's just this delightful little boy. He's interested in the world. He loved hearing everything that he had to say. But he also realized that he didn't get to participate. And he said, in response to that quote, he's like, hearing that quote makes me realize that maybe I'm doing the same thing to mm-hmm. God. Maybe I'm the little boy who's talk, 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 talk. Thanks a lot. Bye. <laughs> And not really giving space. And so for me, I think it's important to realize if you already have a practice of prayer already in your life, you can just expound upon that. And to, like this quote says, meditation can be taking that prayer practice and just creating a little bit more space, creating space for the Lord to be able to speak back to you. And that might sound a little weird, like, well, I don't hear him talking. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. what is he going to say to me? It is going to feel probably a little awkward in the beginning to be able to have silence and to be able to give space. Like, it's a skill that we develop, but to actually practice putting in the space into that practice is going to be a really powerful and important thing. But I think as we begin to expand that prayer practice to have more space, then that's where a lot of the powerful things begin to happen. I love that visual. I'm such a visual person. And when I think about just being able to create that space for him to respond, yeah, it is this two-way street. It's a give and take. And I want to have that relationship and not just be the one talking all the time and giving him my laundry list of things that I want to have done. And I think that through meditation, it has been a big thing for me to just have that quiet moment, no matter what that looks like in someone's life. If you can dedicate more time to it, that's great. But if you only have a couple minutes, that's progress. And that's something that will be beneficial to you. So I've noticed that in my life. What are other benefits that you've seen in other people's lives that you've noticed? The list is huge. Like we can talk all about the health benefits. Like you can get 15 minutes of meditating in the morning will actually pay you back at night and you'll be able to fall asleep 15 minutes faster and you'll be able to get higher quality sleep. There's benefits in 
your health, there's benefits in like your mental and emotional health, especially. I used to be somebody who was very reactive. I had a lot of anxiety that I was dealing with. One of the quotes I also have really benefited from comes from Viktor Frankl. He was a German psychologist during World War II. And he's attributed to saying, between stimulus and response, there is a space. And in that space lies our freedom and our power to choose. I love this quote, but I have to say I have not always felt the space there. You know, like I have had years of my life where I have been reactive and I know I always have a choice. I know I, I can choose to respond in kind words and, and, you know, a calm heart, or I can choose to respond without thinking how I'm going to say anything. And I think for me, one of the great benefits of meditation has been that it has made the space appear again. It's like, mm. oh, I can actually, I can have a pause right now before I immediately leap into losing my temper. I can have a pause right now and actually step back and see if I'm actually looking at the whole story. <laughs> I can have a pause right now and choose, I want to respond this way. And that to me has, has become more apparent and clear, like my agency has actually increased <laughs> because the meditation practices help that. Being able to deal with the anxiety. Um, I also struggled with PTSD, which is post-traumatic stress disorder, depression. Those are, of course, physical health benefits, mental health benefits, emotional health benefits have, for me, have been being able to actually be more loving to myself to forgive myself for the moments that I choose not to respond in a great way to life and the world around me, um, to be more forgiving. It's also helped to increase my relationship with God. Okay, kind of going back to that image of doing all the talking, like if you think about your really good relationships that you have in your life, maybe it's with a parent or a sibling or a really good friend, the reason that feels like a good relationship is because there is give and take. There are times that you share and you're vulnerable and you share your story and your thoughts and beliefs about things, and then you give space for them to share back with you. And so you can see how that really, really can improve our relationship with someone in our own life. And then when we take that into an experience with the Lord, and it's never one-sided, even if we are doing all the talking, but you know, like it just gives more of a nurture to that relationship to be able to have more space there for him to speak to us as well. There are so many, there's so many benefits. It just goes on forever. <laughs> well, and I've really found for me that it has just given me this like pause and this ability to reset. And so even sometimes in the middle of the day, I realize that I'm no longer in a good headspace. So I'll be like, Hey, I need my meditation time again and <laughs> go and just have that reset. And it's just been a great way to just connect with my body, my mind, my spirit, and just so helpful in so many ways. And then really growing that prayer ability has been so awesome. So for those who are new to the idea of meditation, will you explain what meditation looks like? What are the basic principles of actually practicing meditation? I think like you've been talking about meditation a lot of people have a certain idea in their head of what that is. And I know for me, like, think about that right now, actually. That's a really good question. Like, what do you think about when you hear meditation? And I thought about, okay, I'm sitting on a cushion and I'm emptying my mind and I'm not thinking anything. <laughs> 
And I actually had one of my meditation teachers, she said, I think there's a guy out in the world, he's running around and he's telling everybody that meditation is all about emptying your mind. Yes, I've definitely <laughs> like, thought that. We need to go find that guy. <laughs> we need to find that guy and let him know that there's so much more. Like meditation is so much more than that. And that practice, like, I mean, it's definitely a, a worthy practice to just be still and to calm your mind. The exciting thing is that there's a whole spectrum that exists. And I would say that that's on one end of the spectrum is really just being still and emptying your thoughts, letting go of all of the busyness and the noise and all that that can exist in our mind. That's on one end of the spectrum. And then like on the other end of the spectrum, it's actually a very engaging experience where you are active. It's not emptying the mind, but it's rather filling the mind with intentional thoughts. Mm -hmm. Filling your mind, maybe it's with a mantra, like a specific word or phrase that you want to be able to focus on. It can even be like we've been talking about. It can be active participation in a, uh, a conversation with God where you're giving him space to be able to speak back with you. Meditation, like I say, there's a spectrum there. And the way that I teach it is much more Christian-based. So it's really building upon the practice of prayer that a lot of us already have in our life. And if you already have that practice, I mean, awesome. Let's actually just build upon the practice that exists and we're just going to expand it a little bit. There's actually three principles that I teach in the very first week of my meditation class. And so anyone who's listening who already has a personal prayer practice in their life, if you implement these three things just into the way you pray and not really even changing very much else, you will see a shift. You will see something different from that experience. And that first principle is breath. It's breathing. <laughs> and when you learn meditation, that's one of the very first things you learn is that you begin by centering yourself with breath. You take a deep inhale through the nose and exhale through the nose. <laughs> And I would suggest doing this at least three times before you start to pray. And if you don't change anything else, you just do that. I promise you, you will notice a difference. Like we started doing this as a family. We pray as a family um, every morning and every night. And we especially notice our kids were like super active, energetic, not really wanting to focus. It's time for family prayer. Like everyone be quiet. Right. <laughs> we'll say the prayer. <laughs> And we started just in the past couple of months taking some breaths before we pray. And it's been amazing. Like we didn't, that's all we changed about family prayer is just the breath. It's been amazing to see that my 10 year old son, like if it's his turn to, ch to say the prayer, we take those breaths and then he begins and his voice is totally different. The voice that comes out of him is thoughtful. It's present. It's calm. Like he's, it's like a totally different person versus wow. the, the voice of like going through the list. This is the things we always pray for, blah, 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 blah. Now we're done. <laughs> Let's go on to the next thing. And so that breath in, in thinking about that too, in your personal prayer, like you're having a personal prayer, just taking a moment, breathe in through the nose, out through the nose. And I say that specifically because you're breathing through the nose is much more nourishing to your body. It, it's slower. It takes longer. <laughs> And it gives more time for the oxygen to be distributed to all your organs and more effectively used. So there's some science right there behind why that's happening. But it's a really powerful way to just become present. Like you get inside your body. 
you're not thinking about the activity that you were just doing or the thoughts that you just had because you're thinking about your breath. So it's an amazing instant way to be able to get present. I love that. Such a simple, simple practice that can totally alter everything. And it really doesn't take very much extra time out of your routine. No, but it'll not be at all. Altering to your experience. That's really cool. Yeah. And it's something that I can draw upon all through the day. Like Erica, you mentioned getting to the middle of the day, you're like, I need a meditation again. That can totally be as simple as I'm just going to do some deep breathing for a second. And that physiologically, it changes your body from being in that fight or flight state. We call it the sympathetic nervous system. It's our reactive response <laughs> nervous system. And those deep breaths, it just shifts us back down into the parasympathetic nervous system, which is our rest and our digest place. That's why that space begins to appear again between stimulus and response. It helps us to be much more like clear-headed about the decisions that we want to make all from breathing. It's amazing. I love that. <laughs> and it's free. Yes. <laughs> you can have it. Anytime, anywhere, it. no matter where you're at, in public and private, you can breathe. <laughs> Perfect. So the next principle, we start with breath. The next principle is posture. And this too can be such a shift for people. Like even if you don't change anything about else about your prayers, if you just breathe before you start and then let's talk about posture. I know for me in the culture, the church culture that I grew up in, we were taught to fold your arms and bow your head. <laughs> and when you think about that, like it's a very closed body position. In the practices of meditation I've studied just from like Eastern cultures, think about yoga, for example, it's actually totally opposite. It's like very open. Like you can sit with your palms up, you've got a straight back, your chest or your heart, be more specific there, is open. Instead of like our head down, our head can be looking straight ahead. You could even be looking upward. And if you do some study, this is actually pretty interesting. If you do some study into posture and prayer posture, you look into the Old Testament times. This was actually how people in the Old Testament would pray. They would pray in this open position. They would pray with their arms outstretched to heaven, like in this very open and receiving posture. You think about well, what is the purpose of my prayer? I want to receive. I want to be able to hear the Lord speak to me. And of course, like standing or sitting with our arms outstretched, <laughs> it's going to get a little hard and tiring <laughs> to do that. And so I like to just do it in a yoga style. I sit cross-legged. You could sit that way. Just really what's most important is just to be comfortable. You want to not be having your legs fall asleep or it hurts or anything like that. Sitting in a comfortable position with that straight back and then having your posture be open. I like to do meditative prayer with my palms up and I just rest them on my thighs. Mm -hmm. And I have that heart, that chest is just open and really expanded. The reason I say straight back and to have that open heart <laughs> and that open chest is because your breath is going to be able to flow a lot better, right? So yeah. physiologically, there's a reason there that we want to have that posture. And then energetically, there's a reason. And that's just because we are coming to God to receive. And we're actually showing that and reflecting that in our actual posture. This is like dramatic difference and shift for people, I think. If you breathe, 
and you change your posture, those two things will have a huge effect on your experience right there. And it definitely has felt different and it feels sometimes maybe a little awkward because you're so not used to it. But as I've practiced these two things, it's like, oh, okay, this isn't that different. It's not that weird. I can do it comfortably when we're in family prayer, even if not everyone in my circle is doing the same thing or whatever. But it has been really something that is intentional for me now instead of the same old, same old. And I'm thinking about the why behind it. And I've loved that, just understanding the why and being open and wanting to receive. I love that. And, and, you know, you talk about it maybe feeling a little bit awkward. (laughs) It is something to get used to. And I know for me, even I started in a personal private prayer practice and doing that. And then when I was in public and, you know, everyone else was doing something different, I'd kind of like go back to, right, I'm going to follow the crowd and do it whatever the way that everybody else does. And I've, I've slowly actually branched out and now I feel very comfortable even in a public setting. Sometimes I'll do like a yoga prayer pose with just my hands um, in prayer pose at the heart. But it is a transition. Like it does take time. And I think that's what's so neat about having that personal prayer practice is that's a great safe place to be able to experiment with that and to try something different. It's interesting. Like a lot of people struggle with prayer. I know I have in my life. Like sometimes it feels like, is anyone even listening? (laughs) Or it feels like I'm just not very connected. It feels difficult. It's stale or static. And, you know, I think we attribute Einstein maybe as saying um, the definition of insanity is trying the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Yes. (laughs) Well, I think the same thing can be said for prayer, right? Like this is where it's so neat to just like make these tiny little tweaks and how does that actually change the results that you're getting? Take that Mm -hmm. breath, change that posture. And if that's all you change, how does it change your results? Oh, and I feel like we have to reference a prayer episode we did probably about a year ago, but we just dove into this and like, let's try things differently. Same thing, a lot of different ideas, but I think if we would have had these two components added, oh man, that would have changed our whole experience. And I love that we can just continue to learn and grow and what we know we work on and we expound on. That's why I'm just loving this interview it's giving different ideas to look at life in a different way than you never have before. Yeah. And as a reference, the reason why we did that episode was because I was struggling so much with prayer at the time. And here, this is like transitioned over a year where I worked on some of the new ideas that I was able to get from Tani and some things that we researched. And then adding this meditation portion of it has really helped to make that so much more meaningful and so much less frustrating. (laughs) Let's be honest. Like it's just feels like I'm not wasting my time. And I felt like that before. And that was a really ugly feeling when you're trying to talk to God to be feeling like you are doing something purposeless. So yeah, it's been really neat to see this transition over a year of what this looks like for me now and how much better it feels, even if I'm not great at it yet. It's just, it's just great to transition that. I love that. And I'm glad that you were vulnerable in sharing like prayer was hard (laughs) (laughs) because I think everybody can relate to that. Like it is a form of work, you know, like just like any relationship that we have, even our, our, our good relationships in our life, those are cultivated and prayer is the same way. Like it's cultivated and those little tweaks can do a remarkable difference in making it 
to feel more connected. Because I think when that connection is there, it changes the feeling about it. Like you said, Erica, it brings in that feeling of purpose. Not, it doesn't feel purposeless anymore. It feels purposeful. That's beautiful. And I know you have one more principle that you like to discuss uh, on meditation. What's the next one we can talk about? So the third thing that I teach for meditation is forgiveness. <laughs> and I like to teach this because my, the style of meditation that I teach at the beginning of my class is a mantra meditation. And that a mantra is like a, a word or a phrase that you can repeat on that inhale and exhale just to center your mind, fill it with truth, good thoughts. My very, very favorite mantra that I start everybody off with is the mantra, I love and accept you. And then you state your name. So if you want to come away from this podcast with a mantra that is magical and will totally change your life, (laughs) it is this one. I love and accept you. You state your name. And I'll come back to that principle of forgiveness in just a moment. But you think about like all of the troubles that we have in our life, like everything can be traced back to love. Like all, all any of us really want is just to be loved and accepted. We want to love and accept ourselves, and know that we're okay, that we're not weird, that nothing's wrong with us. We want to be loved and accepted by our family, our friends, our community. Like we don't want to be the one that doesn't belong. I would say that the adversary, Satan, he and the world and media and all of that are constantly sending us the opposite message. If we can reprogram our minds to get the true message, we have to be the ones that begin saying that. And so this is such a powerful mantra to be able to practice for meditation. Inhale, I love and accept you. You state your name. I think it's important to state your name. (laughs) And then exhale, I love and accept you. And then practice that for a minute, just one minute. It may actually feel uncomfortable, especially if it doesn't feel true. Anything that is new (laughs) or doesn't feel true is going to feel awkward. And the only reason, the only reason it would not feel true is because it's not practiced. That is not the message that we've been telling ourselves. We've been receiving a different message. My encouragement is to press forward, press forward. (laughs) I promise it gets easier, but it is one of the most important messages that you can give to yourself is I love and accept you. State your name. And there's a few ways you can practice this. You can say it to yourself. And one of my other favorites is that you can imagine the Lord is saying it to you. So this is a really great way to like fill in that gap that we talked about, you know, like the kid and the grandfather and doing all the talking. You can actually imagine the Lord is saying these words to you. And even if that's it, I love and accept you and state your name. First of all, it is true. Yeah, It is true, right? The Lord God loves and accepts you, your true self, your divine nature. This is eternal truth right here. And he would absolutely say those words to you. And so if you want to give that as some practice in, the, in that time of space, that's a really amazing mantra to be able to have. Now, the reason I say forgiveness is that third principle is you're going to drift your mind. <laughs> you're going to have another thought come in. You may even have the thought, this is so dumb. Why am I saying this? I don't believe this. (laughs) This feels weird. This is different. That might be a thought that comes in. You may have a thought of, I wonder what I'm going to eat for breakfast today. Or, oh, (laughs) did I get this thing done that I was supposed to get done that's due today? Like Those are natural thoughts to have. 
our mind is responsible for lots of things. And so with this idea of using meditation time to have a mantra in your mind, you will drift. Your mind will drift. I have meditated for five years and still my mind drifts. (laughs) So the reason that forgiveness is so important is what do you do when your mind drifts? You quickly forgive yourself and you come back and you begin again. Mm -hmm. This is such a powerful principle because what happens all day long? We're going to drift. We either drift in our actions, we drift in our thoughts, we say something we shouldn't have said, we drift. And if we are practicing every day that fast forgiveness to come back and to begin again, that's basically the principle of life and personal progress right there is that we have to be able to forgive ourselves and begin again. And I just love that that's integrated into that meditation practice. You notice that you got off, you notice your mind drifted, you notice that you're totally thinking about lunch instead of your mantra. That's okay. Let it go. Quickly forgive yourself and begin again. I love an example you give in one of your videos is like you're just sitting in a, on a bench and you're just doing this meditation and cars are driving by and sometimes and you just notice them they're just thoughts and if you get in the car and you go down the road a little inside of the car and just realize oh wait I jumped in this car I need to get out go back to the bench and sit there again yeah I just love that visual like okay that's okay that happened but let's just start over yeah exactly and I I have another friend who told me that she just visualizes if a thought pops in her head she blows it in a balloon and she lets the balloon go, and then she comes back. Oh, I like that too. Isn't that beautiful visual? Just, okay, I'll talk, I'll think about you later. Goodbye. Start over. I sometimes imagine too that it's like being in a river and all the thoughts are just coming and they're flowing past me and that I can stand on the rock, you know, where I'm at in the river and I can notice the thoughts are going, but I don't have to hold on to any. And when you think of water, it's hard to hold on to water anyway. And that oh, perfect. we can really enjoy the experience, I think, even more when you just notice it, but you don't have to go with it. I love that. So do you suggest using music in meditation? I know that's very common. Or do you prefer silence? You know, I practice both ways. And I think it's good to do both ways because you may not always have access to music. That being said, I think any way that we can bring in more physical senses into our experience, we enhance that experience. So we've already brought in the experience of breathing. You know, that's bringing in our physical body. As, as we get into my class, which is, we do this later on, it's more advanced, but we talk about bringing in the sense of sight. Can you actually pray in pictures Did you know you don't even have to say words when you pray? Can you actually just pray in pictures? Can you imagine something in your mind? Um, So bringing in that sense, when you do have pictures and you're using visualization as part of your meditation, you can get really detailed there. What does it smell like? What does it look like? What does it sound like in this image that I'm creating in my imagination right now? It's really cool, actually, to pray with music. Again, it's just bringing in that other physical sense. You're using sound. Also, like I say, if prayer has been hard or stale or disconnected or anything like that, we're just talking about a 
few tiny little tweaks that you could make that would just dramatically shift things. Music is a big one. Like I've had feedback from people that have come back to me and said, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> like I had no idea. I love praying with music. You imagine like even when you're exercising and you're like doing something, like you feel energized by doing an aerobics class or, so, or something like that when you've got the music playing or maybe it's even work around the house or you're doing a job, you like turn on the music and you're like, this is amazing. Like I, I feel like I can totally do this. Mm. And so music can be a powerful addition and support and tool in being able to have uh, an enhanced experience in that way. I just think it adds to the intention too of it. It just sets the mood and you know, I'm doing this. I'm, I, and it helps with the distractions I think too. So yeah. Yeah. I, I have some favorite music that I use for meditation every morning and it's funny, like that's my meditation music. If I was to put it on in the middle of the day, like instantly my mind would be like, I love and accept you, Brooke. Like it just knows <laughs> yes. like this is that's the what I do. This yes. is the training that we do when we hear this song. <laughs> that's so cool. So we had all this amazing information we've been learning. It was so hard to hone in on what we wanted to talk to you about today. But I think that people's minds are just going to be as blown as mine have been. Just understanding that there's new ways to think and to feel and to look at prayer and meditation and how this can really become an incorporated part of your life that you will miss when you don't do it. And you'll recognize that absence in your life because it has been life altering for both Erica and I. We're thrilled to have you today to discuss these things. One thing I do want to touch back on was you said that your agency has increased. And I just loved that comment. It's been sitting in my head since you said it. It really resonated with me because I think that's been the biggest thing I've noticed and why I felt so pulled to do this was because I am trying to overcome this natural man inside of me. Just this weak person that is very quick to react rather than really be thoughtful about my responses. And I just want to thank you for helping me learn how to do that and knowing that I have a different way of going about life now. I can really have intention about who I become and what I want my life to look like. And I feel like what I've learned from you has been a big part of this whole eye-opening experience to me. So thank you for all you've taught me. I'm so, so blessed to have you today. I'm so grateful. Oh, thank you. I'm happy to hear that. Those little, those little things are not so little. They can make a dramatic difference. So I'm excited for other people to try them too. Brooke, we have a question we ask all of our guests. We wanted to ask you if you could tell your teenage self one piece of advice, what would that be? I would definitely go for the mantra that I already gave earlier. I love and accept you. I look back at those teenage years and that was probably my number one struggle. It was just the insecurity and, and not loving and accepting myself or feeling like I had that love and acceptance from God or other people. I've since learned that that is something that I can be intentional about cultivating myself. I have done lots of meditations. I have lots of mantras. And it's funny because in the five years that I have been meditating, there reached a point where I kind of got spiritually prideful. <laughs> and I thought to myself, I'm like, I've done this. I love and accept you meditation for a good long while. I think I'm good. Like I totally love and accept myself now. I can like stop doing it for a little while. <laughs> and so I did. Like I kept meditating, but I just kind of moved on to other things. Yeah. And I noticed within like six to eight weeks that I started to have some of those old insecurities come back up again. Wow. 
And I began to doubt myself. And from that experience, I'm like, oh, this is the contrast. I had forgotten what the contrast was because I hadn't experienced that in a little while. And I dedicated myself knowing like, this is so important that it will always be just the foundation part of my meditation practice. Whether it's one minute that I do every day, or maybe I do longer than that, I always do that mantra every single day. And and if I could go back to my teenage self, I would start that practice earlier. I would start it right then. Like it, it just has so much good fruit that is able to come from that one little line that's just repeated. It's, it's nourishing the seed in our heart of who we believe we are and who we really are and bringing forth really good fruit. Oh, I love that thought, and I love being able to give this to teens now. Hopefully, they can practice some of this, and I just think it's such a great place to start. So thank you so much for all you've shared with us today. You have so much goodness to give. You have a podcast, a book. You have this beautiful Christian meditation course. Where can our listeners find you if they want to work more with you and learn more from you? Probably the best spot to go is just brooksnow.com. So perfect. Lots of good things. Perfect. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you so much for your time. And we just are so honored to have you today. Thank you. Thank you. Been a pleasure. Thank you, Brooke. This episode is brought to you by Aligned Ambition. Aligned Ambition specializes in guiding teens and young adults in finding their individual strengths values, and skills to find career and education alignment that will be the best fit for your personality. We might hope that our personal plan and path will simply reveal itself, but often when we seek for help in the right places, we will find it with a clarity we never thought was possible. Align Ambition is the right place to find confidence in your plan. To learn more, click the link in the show notes.